The text for the sermon this day is taken from their reading from Matthew, specifically these words. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Those words, we hear it at the beginning of just about every service. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Those same words, Luther recommends that every time when you wake up, and every time you go to sleep, to say those words, make the sign of the cross. It makes that recommendation in our small catechism. So what's the big deal with these words? Well, I'm going to tell you that through the the movie franchise, Toy Story, I can actually 
I believe there is an illustration of what these words mean. Raise your hand if you've seen any of the Toy Story movies. All right, more hands at this service. But, so, if you haven't seen it, I'm about to give you an excuse to do so. You can watch with your grandkids, kids, or you can be a kid yourself for a little bit. So, or if you're a kid, be a kid. So, <laughs> um, but at the, the, the movies begin with this simple thing. That at these toys that are owned by Andy, they come to life whenever he's not around. They have their own little adventures. And they all come from different places. Some are created by Fisher Price, some are from Play School, some are from Mattel. And they are they sit on different store shelves until one day they are purchased and they are brought. They're brought home, and then Andy puts his name underneath the boot of, the, of Woody, for example, or somewhere on the toy, and they become a member of Andy's room. And they are surrounded by interest, interesting people, such as a dinosaur who is anything but ferocious, or, the, or a piggy bank, or a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, and a Barbie, and all those different little toys. So also, we come from many nations. Raise your hand if you're Irish. We only have one Irish person at all three services combined. <laughs> I'm amazed. Italian? Okay. <laughs> you're the first on that. <laughs> um, any, let's see, any English? Any Brits? Any Germans? What? There's a lot of us? Okay. There's a... Huh? <laughs> uh, I'm Finnish. Anybody else that's Finnish? All right. <laughs> so, we come from all these different heritages. You could, be from, you could be an American, a Canadian, a Brit, a German, a Russian, Chinese, uh, Laotian, uh, Iraqi, Turkish... Sudanese, all different parts of the world. Huh? African. African. Well, I picked Sudanese, that was, a, that was an African country. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, we come from all different parts of the world. And the thing is, is one day, somebody, whoever it was, brought you to this font, and the pastor says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's at that moment that God reached down and he laid claim of you. It was as if he wrote his name on you and wrote Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you notice, we don't say in the names of, we say in the name, singular. So it's one name, the name of the triune God. You receive his name at baptism. You become his. And when you become his child... You, be, you are brought into a family full of strange people, which includes, most, includes yourself, if you're wondering. So, if you're thinking, oh, that person's so strange. Don't worry, so are you. We are brought into a place full of different people. And so, you're brought into the family that is the church, 
And things are going nice until that one person shows up. Your Buzz Lightyear. That one that you just don't see eye to eye with. And maybe they, maybe they become more popular than you and they, it hurts your ego. Or maybe they just don't look the part. Maybe they don't look the way you think they should. Maybe they don't think the way you think they should. Whatever the reason is, there's turmoil. And anybody that's been a member of a church knows what it's, many people that know what it's like to be in the midst of a church that is at each other's throats. And the thing is, is we forget very easily that our brother and sister in Christ, just like us, in the waters of baptism received the name of the triune God. We are all sons and daughters of the triune God, of the one true God, Yahweh. And if we are sons and daughters, therefore we are also brothers and sisters. And we should love and treat each other as such. And which, by the way, I do realize that does mean we fight at times. Because I had a brother we fought all the time. So, um, I still remember when he suplexed me. That was awful. <laughs> um, but anyways, we all have our difficulties, but we are still children of God. And we cannot forget that. Then comes the second movie. And the second movie at the very beginning, Woody is going all around the house, the room, frantically looking for his hat. And eventually Bo Peep comes up to him and says, Woody, look under your feet, your boot. Uh, my, the hat is not under my boot. No, look at it. And he picks it up and goes, it just says in. Exactly. Hat or no hat, you are Andy's toy. So again, we, it's Sunday morning and it's time to go to church and we wonder whether or not we are fit to go. Perhaps we're thinking, oh, I did not get any laundry done and I just cannot wear, can't find any clothes that are church appropriate. Now unless you're down to just your, your underwear, unless you're down to that, your clothes are generally going to be okay. And assuming you're not, all you have left is in a clown suit or something. You can come. It doesn't matter if you dress up or not. The whole concept of dressing up for church did not exist until the late 1800s. Basically, it started with the Industrial Revolution. The reason is, is because nobody could afford to dress up for church. I mean, think about it. I grew up very much under that whole thing. If you don't dress the part, you shouldn't be going to church. Well, with that in mind, John the Baptist would not be allowed in our churches. You ever read how he dressed? And yet he was considered the greatest, of ma greatest man ever born of woman. So that tells you that we are making a very artificial rule. But even beyond that, we might think that our sin, we may be struggling with something, and we might decide that we are not good enough to go to church. And you know what? Actually, you're right. You're not good enough to go to church. I'm not good enough to be standing up here either. But it doesn't matter how good you are. 
No matter how much you have sinned, you are still the child of God. You still bear the name of the triune God in the waters of baptism. Then the movie progresses and Woody gets kidnapped by a man that normally dresses up in a chicken suit. And he's taken away and Woody is enticed with the idea of living in kind of a to be in a museum where he's worshipped and adored and everybody loves him. He meets another a cowgirl named Jessie. And Jessie is one who has been burned by her, one of her, her previous owner. Her heart has been broken. And then he meets a stinky Pete who is a person who has never had an owner. Nobody likes him. And now he is trying to entice Woody to abandon his owner, Andy. And there's a point where his boot is painted over. And he begins to reject and forget that he is Andy's toy. And he falls in love with the image of himself. So also, the devil does not dress in a chicken suit. He is much more seductive than that. And he whispers and does everything he can to get us to be led out of the church. And one of his favorite idols to get us to follow after is ourselves. He doesn't need us to worship him. He is very happy when we worship ourselves. Because if you watch the movie, the destination for Woody would be to just stand in a little glass box and people look at him and him not able to do anything else. The destination of us worshiping ourselves is hell and damnation. And so we come across those who have been burned by the church and been burned by something has happened in life and they are hateful and angry at God. There are those who have never stepped foot in a church and yet they hate Christianity. I don't know if any of you saw what Bernie Sanders said this week, but Bernie Sanders in a, has basically said on, so you know that Athanasian creed that we've been saying? If you believe that, according to Bernie Sanders, you are not fit to hold any public office. So if you believe that Christianity is the one and only way to salvation, you are not fit for this country. That's what people think of our... That is a man that almost became president of the United States. So that is... There are people like Stinky Pete's that are like that. And so... So also, as that boot has been painted over, he forgot that he belongs to Andy... The temptation works long enough that we ourselves can find it as if we have painted over the name of God and forgotten that we belong to Him. So what, meanwhile, what should be happening is we have many people that are not here, that do not attend church at all on a regular basis, have not been here for literally years. Well, in the movie... When Woody was abducted, 
All the other toys of Andy's room went to extreme lengths to get to him. And there's even that little comedic scene where they cross the road while dressed up as while being covered in orange cones and creating absolute havoc. Now, I'm not saying you should car cause car accidents to get people, but when somebody is leaves from the church, you as their brothers and sisters in Christ should be seeking them out. This is not just the pastor's job. This is a myth that we love to fall into. It's just the pastor's job. Actually, the people who are best equipped to bring people back to the church is you. Because you live in the lives of, of all of these different people. You work with them. You go to school with them. You shop with them. You know them very readily. You know their past. You've known them for a while. So when somebody wanders, you are to seek them out, to draw them back, to speak of the love of Christ. That by hearing of the love of Christ, they might remember that what is underneath, you know, metaphorically underneath their booth, that boot, that they belong to Christ. That they are a child of God and they have only forgotten it. They've only rejected it. And we are to draw them back that they may enter in return to worshiping with the body of Christ. And there are people that are like Jesse, who, like I said, are burned by the church. There are many who are outside of the church. And to them, we are to invite them into the church by telling them of the love of our Lord. So telling them of the love of Christ. Then the third movie comes. Andy is about, is getting older. He's going off to college. Now that doesn't work perfect, because don't worry, our God does not get older and go off to college and, leave, and sell you off to another God. You don't have to worry about that. But, we get older. And people do leave. But now here I'm ta not talking about those who leave because they have abandoned the church. I'm talking about those who just moved to another town. I'm talking about the countless funerals that we have had in our churches. The number of people who passed on. And in the movie, they end up in a place called Sunnyside Daycare. We don't have a Sunnyside Daycare, but we do have a Morningside... Well, do we have a Sunnyside Daycare? Okay, I was just like, wait, I can't say that. Maybe there is. But we do have a Morningside nursing home. We have a golden horizons, assisted living. I honestly believe the film creators intentionally chose a name that could easily be used as a nursing home name. Because that is where we are all going to, most of us will end up there at some point. And our bodies will break away and they'll become frail. And we'll be wondering what use can God have for me when I am at this point. And the answer is the same as it was. Whether you are a newborn infant or you're 99 years old, just eager for God to call you home, you still belong to the triune God. You still live to serve Him. See, that is why we begin every service 
within the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is because every step of our life, we need to be reminded, need to remember our baptism, that we belong to the triune God. This is why Luther wants us to say it when we go to sleep. Because I don't know if you realize this, but when you're sleeping, that is the most vulnerable time of your day. And we know that our God is looking over us. And we know that even if I should die before I wake, as we pray in that old bedtime prayer, the Lord will take your soul to eternity. And even, and we say it when we wake up, because no matter how bad your day gets, no matter what happens, you can be remembered that you belong to God. You are His. No matter what anybody says to you of the contrary. Because we all hear, I don't know about you, but I've heard mean things said to me. I'm sure you've had people say cruel things to you. And we say, you know what, maybe I'm not perfect, whatever, but I still am God's child. And the thing is, when you're done, it does not mean that you go to the fire. It does not mean you have to go to another God and spend time with a little child. In the end, we are brought to eternity, where we truly and fully get to experience what it is to serve God. In a life without pain, without suffering, without any bad, Amazing what you can get out of Toy Story, isn't it? And by the way, you know why I do these with movies? And by the way, for our youth, we're going to do, I'm going to do a little bit of this with Wonder Woman tonight. Is because for you parents, this is an op. Movies, believe it or not, if you pay attention, have lots of good things to teach. The, move, the Toy Story movies technically are Christian movies because the writer of the film was a, is a very strong Christian. And there, by, con by consequence, it's a Christian movie. You don't have to specifically speak Jesus in order to be a Christian movie. It just needs to be made by a Christian. Just as a shoe does not need to have a cross on it to be a Christian shoe. It just needs to be made well by a Christian. That's, Luther, that's actually a Luther quote. But anyways... We use this because you, may, you go watch that movie with your kids, and your kids are seeing this. They're like, you know, you see how Andy put his name on Woody so to declare that Woody belongs to him? When you were a child and when you were baptized, God placed his name on you and made you his. And that is true. That is what we mean every time we say it. So I encourage when you wake up, when you go to sleep, Say it. Make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Remember, you are His. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please, <clears throat> please stand as we sing, as we, we continue with part three of the Athanasian Creed.
but it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. 